Let's check out your headlines for today. To do that, we'll bring in Natalie Lovey from the 980 CFPL Newsroom. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Devin. Snakes, lizards, and turtles were on the agenda at City Hall yesterday. Yeah, this story makes me want to watch snakes on a plane real bad. (laughs) Uh, Reptile Zoo is one step closer to opening its doors here in London. Reptilia cleared a major hurdle at London City Hall yesterday when city politicians gave their support to some bylaw changes following a fiery debate. Councillors backed the proposed bylaw changes from city staff, despite initially criticizing them, saying they were filled with holes. Notably, the bylaw changes don't include a public safety plan or mention insurance. Reptilia is currently in the process of constructing its new home at Westmount Mall. It has locations in Vaughan and Whitby, but it has been denied an opportunity to set up shop in Toronto and St. Catharines. The bylaw changes will go to full council for a vote on February 14th. If approved by council, the bylaw change would automatically lead to a public participation meeting in March. Well, a London police officer could be in some hot water. Yeah, the London Police Service has launched an investigation after a uniformed officer spoke out against a proposed development during a city hall meeting yesterday. The Planning and Environment Committee meeting sought public input on a developer's request to build a cluster of townhouses at 489 Upper Queen Street. Dressed in a police uniform, the officer identified herself as Holly Kelly and told committee members she lived on Upper Queen Street. Kelly then voiced her concerns with the proposed development, which she said would not match the integrity of the neighbourhood. Chief Steve Williams said in a series of tweets that Kelly's views do not reflect those of the London police service and that police have no official position on the development. Williams says he's ordered an investigation into the conduct of the officer and that more information will be shared in time. We are getting a better idea of what a ruling last week could mean for encampments in cities. Yeah, experts say Ontario cities that move to evict homeless encampments can expect to see a wave of legal challenges after a precedent-setting ruling. Uh, For the first time in the province, a judge in Kitchener ruled last week that there is a constitutional right to shelter outside when there are no accessible and available indoor spaces. Caitlin Schwann, the executive director of a national housing and homelessness network, says the case is a crucial first step for Ontario to recognize that the human rights of unhoused people supersedes some by law enforcement. But she also calls it a complicated victory for encampment residents and their allies since the ruling does not place any obligations on municipalities to provide shelter or housing. I've got bad news. If you recently logged a complaint with the Canadian Transportation Agency, you're going to be waiting for a while. Yeah, the fallout from the December travel chaos continues as the backlog of complaints made to the Canadian Transportation uh, Agency keeps growing. As of yesterday, there have been 6,395 new complaints made to the agency since December 21st. Now, of those complaints, just over 2,000 are related to Air Canada, over 1,900 are related to WestJet, and 761 are related to Sunwing. Under the Air Passenger Protection Regulations, Canadians are entitled to receive up to $1,000 in compensation for delays and cancellations, depending on the size of the airline and the length of the delay, as long as the delay was within the airline's control and not related to safety. In total, the CTA says it's dealing with a backlog of more than 36,000 complaints, (laughs) with complainants facing wait times of up to 18 months for a decision. Yikes. Get ready, uh, folks. Could take a while. Uh, Loblaw will no longer pretend to be freezing prices on their no-name brands. Yeah, Loblaw will not be extending its price freeze on no-name brand products 
but vows to keep the yellow label product pricing flat, quote, whenever possible. A spokesperson confirmed the price freeze, which has been criticized as a marketing ploy only, has ended. Loblaw announced in mid-October it would freeze prices for 1,500 products sold under its no-name private label. Now, at the time, Loblaw chairman and president Galen Weston said the price of an average basket of groceries was up 10%, something he claimed he uh, was much out of the control of Loblaw. Now, Canada's grocery chains have been under fire for making steady profits amid high inflation. Third quarter profits at Loblaws rose nearly 30% compared to a year ago. Quebec grocery giant Metro reported a first quarter profit of about 11%. All I know is Galen Weston looks like a fun guy. Uh, We'll end with this. Uh, The Grand Theatre is on the hunt for a new artistic director. Yes, Dennis Garnham announced during the theater's annual general meeting yesterday he's stepping down from the post at the end of this season. Garnham joined the Grand in 2016. In a statement, he says he looks forward to new creative adventures. However, Garnham will still be in London for a little while after stepping down. He's signed on to direct the production of Clue next season. The theater's board of directors will conduct a nationwide search for Garnham's successor in the months to come. Check out what happened on this day in history in 1796. The capital of Upper Canada was transferred to York, which is now Toronto, from Newark, which was, uh, which is now called Niagara-on-the-Lake. In 1799, Ile St. John was given royal assent to change its name to Prince Edward Island. In 1854, fire destroyed the Canadian Parliament buildings in Quebec City. In 1858, the Douglas Law went into effect in B.C. It required miners to obtain licenses to search for gold in the Fraser Valley. In 1884, the first Oxford English Dictionary was published. In 1893, Thomas Edison completed work on the world's first motion picture studio, the Black Maria, in West Orange, New uh, New Jersey. In 1920, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police was formed by a merger of the Royal Northwest Mounted Police and the Dominion Police. In 1952, West Germany ratified the Schumann Plan, agreeing to its share... Uh, to share its coal and steel with five other European countries for the next 50 years. The pact was the beginning of the European community. In 1967, Prime Minister Lester Pearson voiced concern over the high level of foreign ownership in many areas of Canadian industry. He said non-Canadian firms must be subject to Canadian law and responsive to Canadian policy. In 1969, Saturday mail delivery ended in Canada. In 1971, Canada and China exchanged diplomats as both countries officially recognized each other. In 1983, pay TV was launched in Canada as first choice. Super Channel and C Channel signed on. C Channel survived less than a year, while First Choice and Super Channel would later merge. In 1991, South African President F.W. de Klerk said he would repeal all remaining apartheid laws. In 1999, after being phased in since 1992, the Global Maritime Distress and Safety System, a satellite system, replaced Morse code as the International Maritime Organization's method to signal distress. In 2006, Justice John Gomery released his final report on the sponsorship scandal calling for a major overhaul of the federal decision-making process to avert future scandals. In 2019, Ron Joyce, the man who co-founded Tim Hortons, 
died peacefully at his home in Burlington. He was 88. And on this day in 2022, the demonstrators still taking part in a protest in front of Parliament Hill said they were staying put until all COVID-related restrictions were lifted. Some extended their stays at hotels or asked to rebook for the upcoming weekend. Happy birthday to listener Mark, who turns 48. You share a birthday with Garrett Morris, an original SNL a cast member who turns 86. Polly Shore is 55 today. Michael C. Hall is 52. Ronda Rousey turns 36. And Harry Styles is 29.